welcome to the Clash Act podcast. But first, we're going to take a word from our sponsors, Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by former Kilkenny hurling legend, Eddie Brennan. Eddie, good evening. Good evening, lads. How are you? Uh, very good, thanks, Eddie. Uh, tough times at the moment, I suppose, but great that we got to see a bit of championship, championship hurling coming back again at the weekend. It was It's great to see a bit of normality coming back. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's good to have it. I think, uh, especially at the time of year. I think I don't think pitches could be in any better condition, even to the point of probably being a bit too hard. But uh, it's a great complaint to have, um, especially from the point of view. Of, I suppose the forwards we always like to get that that fast top of the ground hurling and the ball moving. So it was good to see that. It was good to have a couple of matches to pick from this weekend. And uh, you know, equally the, the the club scene is tipping away as well in the background. So it's 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 good on all fronts. Uh, also, you know, from an underage perspective, I'm involved with the juvenile side of the, the club in Ballycallan as well. And it's great that they're, you know, doing their few little nights a week and a couple of games as well. So it's uh, it's all good. It's 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 uh, definitely, as, as we all keep saying, uh, a level of returning to normality. And just, just on a personal point of view, Eddie, um, like you're obviously working with Angarda Shiyakana. Like, you know, these must be really tough times for, for people in positions like yourself in, 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 out in the front line. Um, like, how are you finding it? Like, I mean, are people generally fairly compliant with all the rules? And is it just, you know, it must be painstaking for yourself and your colleagues trying to implement every rule that gets changed every week, it seems like. Yeah, and sometimes those rules are, are a little bit grey as well. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I spent, this time last year, I went to Waterford. I'd done a six-month stint in Waterford and then followed that by a stint in Carlow. Uh, working on the front line. So I suppose you, you got a flavour for it. And like you said there, I think the vast majority of people were really, really good and continue to be really, really good. But obviously there's there's, there's elements there that just uh, have probably shown a different care attitude towards, you know, what we're all trying to achieve together. And uh, as much as, as, you know, there's, there's legislation and stuff there, I think generally this time last year we were trying to work with people as opposed to going out and trying to, you know, punish people because it was a very, very um, unsettling situation. I think for the for all of society, really, uh, it was very much kind of uh, a war against an unknown enemy, really. So in that regard, I think our our approach was definitely one of working with people and trying to engage with people and and uh, maybe explain where we were coming from and, and and trying to encourage people really to do the. The writing, really, that that that's where it was. And like I said, the vast, vast majority of people were really, really good. And and uh, as a GEA man, and and as a member of Angardish Ikana, you you must have been particularly disappointed with the the rule breaches that were hit by some of our inter county teams. You know, you see young club teams, and 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 they're working with it. We've under tens and twelves and fourteens mad to get out in the field, and GEA grounds are closed the length and breadth of the country. And then we see some of our inter county stars out and, and openly breaching the rules that must have been a, a bit of a kick in the stomach for you when you've seen that yeah I think I, I think that was you know I touched on that point earlier on that you know this was this was something that you know I suppose arrived from left field as we all know something we didn't know about and I think there's you know there's another sign yet to do the ring and I suppose my situation was you know at the time I was looking after Leash. And if there was a team needed to do a little bit extra to kind of close up on the big teams, 
the smaller teams, you know, you, you need that extra block of training to get you right. But for me, you know, it was very, very clear from get-go. I said, I'm not. I said, because it, w- it wasn't the right thing to do. Aside from the fact that I obviously have uh, a profession that, that would have, you know, would have been completely hypocritical of me to just bull on and do that. So never really smoked out fire. And, and I think it was really, really disappointing to see certain teams, you know, just absolutely just disregarded the rules completely and, and just drove on with their training. And, uh, you know, that's disappointing because... I think there's nothing worse than, you know, I think we all want a level playing field when you're when you're entering into a competition. But I think if you're looking at teams that are just stealing the march on the competition, I think that's that's definitely like a, a slap of a wet tea towel face and all the more so when you're out there working with people hoping that they'll uh, they'll do the right thing. Yeah, no, no, and so say all of us. It, it's, it was at the time, and you look, it's it's water under the bridge now. Um, Eddie, what I want to pick your head on, pick your brain on, I should say, a small bit here is, you know, you had a glittering career in Hurling, but almost immediately from when you retired, kind of when I was looking back on this, when your inter-county career, you, you literally, if I if I have my times right, you literally went straight into management. Like you went, I think you took the Liz Downey job in, in, in junior Hurling team almost in the year that you retired. Is that correct? Uh, no, it was the follow-up year. It was, uh, it was 12 when I packed it in and then 13, I suppose I did it. Um, and it was just more, I suppose, a coaching role, really, because Martin Power was was doing the management side of it, and it 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 was a nice fit at the time because you know I suppose it was more as the year went on, you were getting more involved, and it was just all about kind of peaking at the right time of the year. And and look, we we were lucky. We got we had a, a very driven bunch of guys that year in this downy, and I particularly enjoyed that. There was great satisfaction in that. I mean, it was a it was a, it was bittersweet from the point of view we got relegated. I was senior in my own club and uh, ironically faced into this down in the first round of the league and intermediate the following year. But um, no, I, I, I particularly enjoyed that because I think management and, and coaching are two different uh, aspects to it. Management is something where, you know, you're, you're obviously looking at a lot more things. You're, you're overseeing everything from physios, from organising trainings, from, you know, housekeeping issues, interest with uh, club chairman or how boards or there's a lot to kind of management because you're, you're you're looking at everything you're looking at your nutritionist you're looking at the people you're going to bring into the organization and say are they up to scratch or whatever else whereas the the kind of coaching side of it um is a little bit different but yeah no i i, I suppose it's hard to know if 2021s was really tip of the person you know who's the old and I enjoy that, but it, well, I, I'm very much of the mindset of if you have people around you that that you're trusting them to do what you want, do what you need them to do, and kind of sharing out that responsibility, and and, and that's an that's an enjoyable thing too. But but obviously you you're, you know your the, the book stops with you, so you have to make sure that your coaches and your different people that are in there are up to scratch and they know what they're doing and that they're they're doing the job to the best of their ability. And and I think also a big thing for me was I particularly enjoyed even with the twenty ones year was, you know. The, the people that were in the setup, like Dr. Cormac Bean, you know, Tom Manson, the physio, obviously Richie and Bob and Richie and Richie Doyle as well. Uh, you know, but the the people that were, you know, there were great sounding boards too, because I, I think as a manager, you're so reliant on those people. And, you know, to have, you know, I think Tom and Cormac especially always had a very good game, lads, and there were great sounding boards as well. And and there's obviously that chemistry and there's obviously 
the interactions with them people and that you're, you get on well with those people and that you have your to bounce off things and still do your job to, to, to the highest standard. And, and would you like, if, 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 if you take kind of from Liz Downey onto the under 21 team with Kilkenny and then onto, onto the role with Leash, like, you know, it was a kind of a, a meteoric rise in management as such, you know, to go that quickly from, from level A to level B to level C up to inter-county level. Um, like, did you did you find you were learning on the job yourself as as you were going through it? Yeah, it was, and and I suppose if 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 I'm being very honest, I, I suppose the the leash was something that came came I suppose on my lap, or the offer came very very accidental and very by the by because um, I think there was a, a process in place and, and and candidates identified, and it was only. I suppose a chance meeting, and, and in some ways, I suppose I just said, "Yeah, sure, look, I'll I'll talk to someone anyway," and and it kind of snowballed from there. And I think when it dawned on me then that you were actually on the brink of getting the job, I'd have to say I admit I I became very kind of nervous because you're stepping into a really, I suppose maybe the appeal was a little bit was that they were, you know, at a level where I felt there was only one way they could go and I think if there was proper supports and structures put in around the setup, then it would allow the players to maybe kick on a little bit so I suppose I drew on every bit of experience I had and what I was exposed to in terms of the Kilkenny setup because um, we do things pretty right in Kilkenny I have to say and Brian Cody especially you know how how we were looked after while I played with Kilkenny was was really really good um, from even the county board side of things and I just looked at how we did it and said, try to bring aspects of that. But yeah, I, I'll be straight with you. I was very, very nervous about it. And initially, when you were trying to get your team together, um, I ran into a few cul-de-sacs and I was starting to get worried. And and definitely, when it started, um, I, I I found myself at times really doubting myself a little bit and kind of wondering, Jesus, did I go about this the wrong way? And you'd say, ideally, maybe you should be doing a little bit more at club level or something like that. But um, at the same time, um, I think once we we got our sleeves rolled up and we got working and I was lucky in that I had two great guys and Tommy Fitzgerald and Niall Corcoran with me, uh, we, we we clicked. Uh, it, it didn't mean we were cosy. We were well able to challenge each other, but we had a really good understanding of of, of where we felt the, the team could, could go and, and how they should play. And that was important. And, you know, I, I'd have to say after those two years of great friendships with both of them and two guys, I would really, really um, say I was very, very lucky to have with me because without the two of them, I would have struggled. And at your time with Leash, like, you would have come in, set up what you would have felt was a very, very professional setup, similar to what you would have experienced yourself, as you say there, with Kilkenny. But what I'd ask is, like, for their training sessions, for their programs, the whole lot, like, did, did, did the lads, did it change the regime as what they'd been used to? You know, the level of training, the intensity, the amount of, you know, the amount of work that you wanted from these players. Was it something that you had to sit down with them and say, listen, guys, this is what we're bringing to the table and this is what you're going to have to deliver to us? Was it, you know, did you did them players feel that they were stepping up a level and everything that they were going to be doing training-wise and, and, and uh, commitment-wise? Yeah, it definitely was. It was. It was probably, if I'm honest, it was a. It was a bit of a culture shock for me, uh, as much as them, because I'm coming from a base, and and again, I had to obviously readjust. And that was look. It was no disrespect to anyone. I suppose we we all have our experiences, we all have our be, and things that we've learned from what we're exposed to. So definitely, what I was exposed to in part of the Kilkenny setup was a lot different. I seen when I went up there. 
um, to, to what these guys were used to. So it was trying to little by little implement that change. And, and I just went up, I suppose, very naively as well too at the start and felt that these lads would seamlessly, you know, jump through hoops because they were on a county team. So they they, they have that mindset and they'd be exposed to that level of preparation and stuff. And, in, you know, so it was, it was definitely learning on the job, but it was learning that, well, you know, we we do a lot of things right in Kilkenny. So it was trying to implement those little bits and pieces. And, and the first thing was, you know, getting lads to understand that at county level, there's no excuses. If you make a decision to go in and play with your county, then you move heaven and earth to, to be there. You you Everything probably in some regards pales into significance. And yeah, it's only a game. There has to be a bit of balance in your life. Absolutely, there are parts that you build on. But you're kind of saying to the lads here, look, with county, there's no missing training. You just you can't miss training. You you you're you're playing at elite level here. Uh, in terms of physical conditioning, I think it's fair to say um, I went up with the 21s in 2017 and we played Leash in a challenge match one night. We were short considerably a good few of the squad because they were involved with the senior squad and we beat Leash by a couple of points. And it was the one thing that maybe stood out to me that night was their level of physical conditioning. So that was probably the first building block was to get them into shape, really. And it wasn't that, you know, some lads you know, every one of them were out of shape. They weren't. There was the majority were decent. But there was some that had to understand like that if you're going to get around a pitch uh inter county level, you you need to, you know, shred a few pounds or whatever else it is that you have to give yourself the best possible opportunity. I know you can hurl, but the reality is if you haven't the other components, which are obviously physical fitness, and then after that there's the to build the mental side of it. So uh, I will say the first couple of months up there was 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 tough. It was tough going because you had to adjust maybe what my expectations were to the reality. And and that was a good thing in a way for me because it meant you had to tailor your approach to meet the needs and, and to gauge where they were at. And still, for me, the most important thing that you can never do is, is, is arrive into a setup and think that you know it all. I certainly didn't. Uh, I was a novice manager, but I had to obviously tailor my needs or tailor my approach to what the players' needs were. And I think that was probably a good thing and that was probably what, what maybe uh, allowed us to maybe go places with the lads is that we, we literally stripped it down, started from scratch and just built it up from there. And and once you had the players at a fitness level that you felt, you know, right, these boys are, are right for me, the next step then obviously is 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 your setup. How How am I going to set up this 15 on the field? Because, now I don't know if it's fair to say this, I know a lot of pundits will say to you, the tactics are very new in hurling and, you know, this lateral pass and hand pass and things like that. Like, if you think back to your first couple of years with Kilkenny, it was driving low ball into the full forward line, you know, good ball in quick as we can get it in there. Whereas teams now are, are working out of the defence. When, when when you had that leash team as fit as you, as you, as you, as you could get them or fit enough that you were happy with, was your tactic to try and play like the old Kilkenny team that you were on or, or did you look at it and say, right, let's let's make, make a tactic to suit the, the group of players I have on the field? Yeah, I think I think you look at what the team are doing, assessing. I think the big thing is trying to learn. You know, who have I? Uh, get to know your stat, get to know players, get to know their strengths and weaknesses, get to know what they're capable of doing. Because I, I think the one thing you can't do is is lob in the game plan that the the players maybe aren't with or that you don't have to execute. So, in terms of I wanted the players, it's always I, I know it's for me anyway. Yeah, you're mindful of opposition, you're mindful of setups and stuff like that and not leaving yourself, you know, exposed in certain quarters. But most importantly, you want the players to go and express themselves. You want them to go and hurl, you want them to go and score because the reality is 
there's no prizes for keeping the score, you know, respectable. I think, but I think the key to it was that we always focused on, you know, while we had work to do, it was always about what we did well and reinforcing that. And I think the players reacted to that because the more we kind of encouraged them and the more we showed them that they were well capable of going hurling at this level and the more we gave them, you know, the freedom to go and hurl when we had the ball, that we had to, you know, there was no point in just holding on to the ball uh, off the opposition so that they couldn't score. It was all about we get our hands on the ball and we try score, we try hurt the opposition tactics nowadays and that they've only propped up lately. They're not, they're just becoming probably a little bit more obvious nowadays. I think there's always been tactics, there's always been a few uh, subtle movements here and there and, and, and I suppose if you're to quantify tactics it it covers a multitude of things it covers just changing a lad out of full forward to wing forward or that you're trying to keep the ball away from you know maybe the middle you're going to work down the flanks or whatever that is or we, if you have a position well, you're not going to poke the ball down but that's that's to a monkey really so you, you just don't do that so um yeah, look, we, we, I wanted to get the boys, you know, I suppose the, 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 the beauty was in some regards is that you weren't going straight into Leinster. You had a McDonough campaign where they were going to play at a level where, you know, the other teams won't be, you know, much better. So if you can get your basics right, then that, then it's, it's about, um, you know, getting your hands on the ball. So Eddie, like, as you say, you've, you've, you've your team set up, you know, the McDonough Cup, as you rightly say, you're not going to be coming up against the likes of a Limerick team or someone like that that you have to set up, you know, hugely defensively to try and keep a scoreboard down and then try and hit them. But but that year, like the year you won the McDonough Cup, you played some you played some wonderful hurling and you had some excellent hurlers on your team. I know Ross King is probably a marquee hurler there, but you had you had a great season with the team and and, and you know it was a very successful campaign. Yeah, look, as I just mentioned earlier on, I suppose that was maybe the. A big plus that we had going into that campaign was that you're facing off against opposition teams that you're 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 capable of. If 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 you know if you're saying if we we get a, if we get our touch right and get the basics right, it allowed us to take a little bit of take a few risks in terms of our setup. Like I wanted always that look. We said we we have to go after the opposition. We have to get at them, put them on the back foot and run at them. And I think when you know when they looked at some of the forwards we had, like we had some really good forwards in you know in in Ross. Um, Aaron Dunphy was another real quality forward. Um, you know, in Alliance was probably one of our grafters on the team. Like he was a guy who was who was able to set up things, and and probably key to it all even was the likes of Mark Cavanagh, who you know his his short in stature, but he went to centre forward that year for us, and it probably you know the whole attack was built in around him because he brought such energy to the team. And you obviously then had you know Paddy and John Lennon at midfield were good lads, and you know you had Willie Dunphy there as well, and and obviously at the back then. We had we were sound like with Enda behind it all. So um, yeah, look, it, it, like I said, the, the the nature of the teams you were playing meant that well, if we can get our heads in our our hurling right, we'd be there thereabouts. But um, I think the the most important thing of all, I think if you want to go somewhere, I think you 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 can look at a setup tactically first and say right, can we execute that game? But I think the key to it was that the skill level when we went in wasn't where it needed to be. On the very, very basics. And if you're not good at who can block and rise and catch and hand pass and tackling, you know, those basics, well, you can have all the tactics you want. So that was something that we identified from the league was saying, look, our basics weren't at the level they needed to be. And when we got that right, I think that was obviously the key thing going into the McDonough was that our touch was really, really good. Our hurling 
our sharpness. We did a lot of work on shooting. So lads were never, ever told they couldn't shoot. Said if the score is on, lads, take it, go for it. If the goal is on, go in there and get it. And obviously then give it to the man in the best position every time. It's, it's, it's always for the team. It's never for an individual. And like like after after you'd won the, you know the the McDonough Cup I think you beat Westmead in the final, um you know you were very very unlucky in your next game after that, um I think you know if I can't remember what the final score was on the day I do remember it was one red card in the game there could have been two, but you know is that is that sometimes happen does that sometimes happen in Ireland that the perceived smaller county or weaker county could be on the wrong end of you know, 50-50 decisions with referees and, you know, I don't mean that being overly critical on referees but sometimes it always yeah. seems to fall on that side. Yeah, I think that the, we, after the Dublin match the following weekend we faced into Tipperary in the quarter-final and, you know, for me, I felt, look, we were facing a monumental task um, knowing, you know, what what, what calibre Tipperary bring in terms of their hurling ability and their skill level and, and, and what their ambition was too. But I felt it was going to be an opportunity that, you know, that the Leash lads had that, they, you know, sometimes I think you, you might get, you know, an opportunity against them. So in order for that to happen and for you to really punch hard at a team of that standing, you need all 15. And, and, and that was something that we focused on all year as well about keeping our discipline because you, you need all 15 players on the pitch. And I, and I felt Aaron Dunphy, yeah, look, he, he swiped around with the hurl. But I think sometimes, and, and, and by the book, the, the ref was right to, to put Aaron Dunphy off because he swung back the hurl and he connected with Paddy Marr. But I think what disappointed me was that it wasn't a dirty game and I don't think there was any real malicious ones. And like Aaron Dunphy was pulled and dragged before that. So sometimes there's a, le- there's a level of mitigation that sometimes doesn't get considered. And I'm not trying to dilute what happens or anything like that. But when you're in a position like that where Leash were in that match, you needed all those players. And Aaron Dunphy was one of our better scorers. He was hurling really well that day. And again, maybe it was just a lack of experience. You know, it's, you know, he was being pulled and dragged, and of course, there was nothing done about that. And you know, I suppose that's the experience of knowing. You know, when you get to the big stage, you have to be cuter with stuff like that. And he just, I thought, for me, he was just kind of wriggling free and just kind of lashed with the hurling. It was very, very unfortunate. I felt it was very, very harsh on him. And ultimately, that was the end of our any opportunity we had was definitely gone with that. But. I was more than happy with the fact that, look, we went up against Tipperary and played half that match with 14 men and only lost by 10 points. I think it looked early doors just before half time we were going to get the modern father beaten. But I suppose that spoke well of how the players had, you know, their mindset was that they weren't going to just throw in the towel and and let everything go. And it was just, it was, that was disappointing, obviously, but, you know, it wasn't a dirty match. And, and, I, and I think sometimes, I think, look, the rules are the rules. There's no hiding away from that. But I think sometimes I think I think you know in the situation there, you know, for me I was disappointed to see to see someone of Paddy Mar's stature, you know, throw himself down on the ground, and next thing he's back up two minutes later, and not a bother on him. I think that's disappointing. I'm not I'm not you know critic. I'm not pointing out him and saying he was the reason or anything like that. He's not. You can't blame the player. Look, if if a lad lashes out, he has to suffer the consequences. But I think the match itself was was a good, honest game. There was no real dirt in it, and it was just disappointing from our perspective that that we lost the man. Yeah, and Eddie, kind of taking a little bit of a step away from Leash, um, you know, like for you personally now, you're you're involved in a coaching role with uh, Kula in in Dublin in, in the club. If again, I, I assume I'm correct in that anyway. With the that you are doing a bit of coaching there with with Kula, is is that correct? Yeah. 
and just 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 on that that side of it there with the the club scene at the moment, you know, they're on about split seasons and whatnot. Like you've the Dublin Intercounty team are training at the moment, obviously getting ready for their own championships. You know, they played Antrim there at the weekend. Obviously, a huge amount of cooler players will be involved in that. How are you finding that structure? Trying to to work without your county players and 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 try and get a, a rhythm going. Is it just a case of you work on what you have and, and get it right, and, and and the county lads will come back fit enough, or or what way do you think when you're doing that? Ah, uh, yeah. Look, it's 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 frustrating because you're you're down six or seven guys that are you know ultimately the the spine of your team. But there's a really good crop of lads there. There's a good bunch of lads mad to learn. They're mad to go and hurl and. You know, I suppose uh, they've experienced, you know, the ultimate high on two occasions, you know, as a group. So they're an ambitious group. Um, I think there's also a level of challenge more or less thrown down to me, too, is that you have to meet their expectations. And equally for me, I think you always have to. Yeah, you know, you have the strong lads coming in there to, to, to supplement that and make your team stronger. But ultimately, you have to be very, very fair to everyone. And you have to try, you, you know, you do work with what you have. And it's just getting the guys saying to the lads, look, we we have a responsibility to be ready when the championship goes and that, that the boys just blend back in with us and that we're at a standard that we're not waiting for them to come back to, to actually up the ante, but that we're actually at a standard now that when the lads come back in, we're ready to go with them. We're ready to, to kick on and, and face into the championship. And like you said, yeah, it's tricky, but it's like that too. I think once you know that in advance, you, you're looking at what it is. It's 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 club you have a ballpark figure of when the championship is going to kick off. So everyone is geared towards building towards that. It's it's more getting the guys there and saying, look, it's getting to know them as much as anything else and seeing, look, these are the guys that are going to be, you know, uh, going to battle in, in a few months' time. And, and we need to know that they're up to standard, that if we, you know, if that's coming off the bench or if it's starting, that they're ready to go. So you just work away on, on, on certain aspects of it, be it touch, be it tactical stuff. Um, and you're using, you know, there's a big squad of lads. There's still the guts of 30, 32 lads that train most nights um, between their their second team. So look, it's 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 a good complaint to have, but uh, definitely look, there's there's obviously pluses and minuses with that. Yeah, and just taking a full step away from 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 the club and and everything else, just looking at at, at all the news, all Twitter, everything, everywhere I look at the moment, I see. Um, players coming out in, in, in criticism of, 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 of hurling at the moment in, in setups and for varying reasons I've I've seen yourself engaged in there. I've seen Jackie Turl, you know, um you know, and, and not just, just the Kilkenny lads, I mean it's it, it seems to be across the board. Um I think the general argument is the art of defending is gone. Um I don't know what your own take is personally on it. I, I, I like I have my own opinions on why why things are going that way. But you know, you take this weekend's games. We we, we take Wexford and Leash first as just as a game without even getting into the game. Just as a scoreline, one twenty three to five thirty one. Um, you know, Wexford have won the game quite comfortably, but conceded one goal and twenty three points. You know, is it is it fair to say that the art of defending has been slowly taken out of the game? Yeah, it appears so because one twenty three was often enough to to win your championships in, on an All Ireland final day. It was enough, and you'd say, <clears throat> yeah, it's good. It's good that we get to see good attack and hurling and all that kind of stuff. But that that level of and, and I think there's, there's, for me, there's a combination of factors. I think some of it is is down to maybe over the last three or four years we've seen. Um, I suppose the I think the free count and the card count has gone up. Like I mean, we looked at a, 
just one example of it. I'm not look. It's it's not blaming referees. I think that's the most important thing here. The referees are often and often very much influenced by their assessors and by the referees board. I'm sure that the, they look at certain things and say, look, we need to clamp down on this. And maybe the head high tackle is the example. And you say, look, that's something we have to get out of the game or grabbing the face guard. And that's for good reason, absolutely. But you know, I seen a match there involving Wexford and Dublin there maybe last year, the year before in Croke Park, and there was. I think two or three red cards and a ball of yellow cards and there could have been a few more and you're kind of going when 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 that starts happening then I think you, you have defenders or people in general maybe maybe they're stepping off a little bit more maybe they're kind of saying right well we'll 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 certainly give you a bit of room at some stage of the match and we'll let you shoot so much but after that we're going to you know we're going to try out score teams it seems to be as I used the analogy there maybe one night that the Plat- the platini influence is is at play now where it's going to be a high-scoring match in that regard, but yeah, look, the the equally the art of scoring and the art of 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 showing that and and people getting to see that is equally important. I think as important is the robust physical nature of hurling, and in some regards, I think you know we seem to be struggling with uh, a level of maybe clarity on 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 what's happening, and I think it's possibly another factor that's in, impacting on when a guy makes genuine, honest attempt to tackle. I think what's impacting on that too is there is negative tactics being coached into players, and uh, I do feel I've I, I I see elements of that like that. You know, we we talk about the the spare hand and things like that. I think the the it's it's different in that lads are being maybe deliberately fouled at times because you know there's a goal chance on, and I think teams will rather concede a free and let it be a point rather than it be a goal, and that's probably why we find ourselves now with the the situation whereby. You know what happened yesterday with Tony Kelly or with Aaron Shanahan maybe has happened. So sometimes maybe the the knee jerk reaction isn't the solution to the problem. But for me, maybe twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, I was very much of the thinking that if you have a scenario whereby you know I give you two examples, maybe the the example where Shami Callan gets ropey tackled to the ground in the quarter final last year by a Galway player, or the situation where Declan Hannan just kicks the legs from underneath a Waterford lad going past him in the All Ireland last year. I think there has to be a big punishment for that type of thing. And it's possibly in uh, the identification of the tackle and understanding what's after happening here. And I think maybe, you know, it's very hard because of the speed of hurling to get that right all at the time. And I think consistency. But there's a number of things at play there that probably have influenced that. And I suppose I've said things over the last 12 months that maybe I'm finding myself now going back and saying, OK, maybe that's not right. Or maybe I'm not 100% on the button with that, but um, it's hard to know because there's a, there's a lot going on. And I think I, I, I think definitely, like I said there, the art, a defender actually committing to a tackle is, is, is dodgy now for guys. They have to be like, I think that one yesterday will definitely send shockwaves through defenders. It'll make them think now a little bit. And obviously you don't want them pulling us down, but you want them making an honest to God tackle. And I do think Aaron Shannon took a hell of a blow to the... You know, it, it probably was by the letter of law, by the rule. They were right to do what happens. I think the lads on the live show maybe missed that in, in terms of the actual definition which was put up in the Sunday game last night. See, it can be it can be very harsh um, when you look at it because it was a major score in that game yesterday. But as you rightly say, to the letter of the law, it was... You know, the referee probably implemented the rules exactly as they should have been implemented. And... The, you know the result was taken. You know he, he Tony buried the goal and yeah. And, and to be fair to him, he did like yeah, yeah. Um, there, there, there's a yeah, couple. No, he was right. I think Colin. I agree. Sorry, 
You're right. No, no, you're per- you're perfect. It's just like I think you take you take that game aside there at the the Waterford game because uh, we'll you know and, and looking at it looking at it as it was as a spectacle. I, like I found it a very a very flat game to watch. I thought it was quite boring. I thought both teams. It didn't feel like a Munster yeah. Championship hurling match. Um, I I don't no. know. For, you know, and I don't know for what reason that was, but just just on the game of hurling at the moment, Eddie, if if I could ask you a genuinely honest question, and I don't know this, but like Eddie Brennan at twenty years of age with a ball in his hand on his own half back line, on your own half back line, would you be turning and striking for the posts? No, I wouldn't have been able to, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I, I wouldn't have had it in me. I, I wouldn't have had it in me. So uh, yeah, look, and, and look, there's a lot of things going on. Look, evolution strength and conditioning guys are superbly conditioned and all that and technically they're very good but it's 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 kind of yeah it seems to be that way that i think from the middle from the 45 out you know into the other opposition 45 it's just it's just once you get a space you're you're firing a shot and you know i think historically you know everyone played their patch everyone had there was 15 all most distinct parts to the pitch and, and you looked after your own patch and, and obviously that's that's the, the times are it moves on from that it's 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 not you know it's not like that we wanted to go back to that either I think but I think what's what's happening is you're just seeing um I suppose teams are looking at it and and, and they're trying to probably um I don't know what, what what way to describe it but they're trying to at times defend and then other times it's just okay we don't mind too much we'll just go all out and they, and they try to to get you know goals but it seems to be at the moment it's i i was you know i was on to a journalist there lately just just completely chatting to him you know be, uh, privately about hurling and stuff and i just was asking i said there must be surely a stat there at the present that long range scores have doubled in the game of hurling in the last you know, ten or you know, the last few years, there seems to be so much more scores from way out the field, and and like, geez, I know my range was was in from the forty five in, and at times, you know, when I went playing with the club later on in my career, you were able to pick off longer distance scores, and and maybe that's down to the technology with ball and what have you, but uh, certainly now it it there seems to be a big shift towards that, like that that players once they get room around. The forty-five out, and you're seeing, you know, TJ is well capable of that, you know, and the rolling from Leash is well capable. A lot of players are well capable of from the forty-five up. They'll hit one, like you know. You see, and, and this is something that, like, and I and I've really looked at this for the last couple of years. I was at a junior hurling match in Kilkenny last Thursday night, and there was fourteen scores from from inside their own half for one of the teams. They got fourteen scores from inside their own half. A junior hurling club in Kilkenny, and I think there was about five different lads that did it. And I was looking at the balls afterwards and I spoke to some of the older members of the club and I said, look, is the ball after reducing in weight? Is the hurl after increasing? Uh, Ned Quinn, who you know obviously quite well in Kilkenny, I'd asked Ned about it on another occasion and Ned said to me, he remembers a time when it was a round of applause when a guy put a 65 over the bar. Um, you know, now if you miss the 65 to be a new from the crowd wondering how did you bloody miss that? Um, yeah. Like, I, I think there's a lot of things at play there, but the other one, if you, if you think back when you were playing for Kilkenny you had this go for the juggler attitude ball was driven into that full forward line you were winning early ball taking on your man and burying the goal last year we had a team winning All-Ireland that did not from memory I can't remember any game where I thought Limerick were really going for goals and people tried to emulate your team the, your tactic and tried to beat you at that and is, is, is Limerick's style of play 
affecting the enjoyment of the game. I don't mean this in any way to knock Limerick, and, and that's not me being biased or, or or mean to Limerick. But yeah, it's 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 hard to know. Um, definitely, I think there was a big shift uh, in a lot of teams now, and that they were happy to take their points. And I think even Wexford demonstrated that on Saturday, and that. Um, geez, I remember when I started hurling, you weren't even able to poke the ball over from <laughs> from from our own halfback. They let alone even attempt, and I know you'd be told what to do. But look, I was I was on off the ball there recently, and James Scahill made a very good point that the hurling ball apparently in the last ten years is still the same weight. Okay, um, but what you have is the rims on the ball have been smoothed right down. They've they've gone right down. They almost blend into a perfect circle on the ball. Four they stuck out a little bit more. So I suppose when you look at an object flying through the air, obviously the more aerodynamic it is, the more distance it will travel. And I've looked at hurling balls, I have what way gravity affects the flight of that ball. It just fly, it, it flies through the air perfectly. So it's hard to know because I think in, in certain situations, you're looking at that, what you're saying there about teams just picking off all their points. There's almost a token need then for a full forward. And I think some teams you've seen him doing that. They're just leaving one lad inside. If something drops shorts, he'll go after it. He's happy to go after it. I think sometimes Limerick will do that. But there's definitely an appetite in their game. And I admire what they've done. Um, they just, they pick off their points and, and they, they hurt you hard with points. No, and like just just on the point that you're saying about James, James Kettle's point about the ball, I know with golf balls, they, they, they've done the same. And it's it's something that... Um, you know, if you look at golfers now, like people forget this as well. Like, I mean, golfers are driving the ball 380, 400 yards. Uh, 15 years ago, golfers were driving the ball 280 Massive. yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that does that does make a huge difference. But the the other two things that I've kind of looked at it, and, 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 and this is me defending Hurling at the moment, as a, you know, as it stands. But the other two big things is the big, the big hits seem to be gone a little bit. But, you know, the physicality, the real physicality, but that's you know, taken away from the game if I'm shooting from 70 or 80 yards because the players are taking a short puck out, they're finding a man in space and he's hitting the strike. Whereas, you know, in your in, in your day, which is only 10, 15 years ago, the ball was driven in low and two men had come out flying to try and win that ball and it, 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 it forced more contact and the crowd buzzed off that. So at the moment now, we're playing in front of no audience so there's no crowd to buzz off. We've teams that are happy to shoot from 70 or 80 yards and, and that takes out that physical contact side of the game. So, you know, it's it's kind of everything is adding into itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and, and unfortunately, you know, you're saying in terms of spectacles, you, you, I suppose like adding people, the length and breadth of the, the country are saying, look, where where is this going to go? Yeah, I think the crowd is significant. I think the crowd is a brilliant thing as a player. You love that side of it. You you loved when you were under pressure and maybe the crowd got you going and I think that is a significant factor but equally too I suppose the it's almost exhibition because you don't have to you're no longer kind of outwitting your opponent really because that was that was the beauty of it I think in some ways is that if you're marking somebody be it Paul Corn from Tate Waterford or individual you looked at him and said right where is he strong how can I outwit him and there was there was an element of I suppose that was the challenge was could you could you out fox him or could you you know you might he might get two or three off you and you could get one off him and and, and kind of hurt you you know make a big get a big score with that but but now it's 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 certainly all built around movement and athleticism and I don't know I suppose in some ways you, you the questions you're asking is do you 
would I enjoy playing that type of hurling now? Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I was probably athletic enough in, in, in with my fitness. I was able to get around the pitch. You know, I, I enjoy that side of it too. But equally, um, I don't know what I have an appetite to be making. You know, runs all over the place, knowing that you might have a, a hope in hell in the ball. Or I, I just look at even the, the mileage even you know, watching what players are covering now in matches. And it's frightening. And you're just kind of going, oh, Jesus, you know, where has this gone? Like, it was always, always about the skills of the game and, and being as good as you could possibly be. And we're looking at our, you know, how athletic our hurlers are. And maybe it's a bit like rugby, where a few years ago, rugby went really, really big and physically strong and all that. And it was just pounding opposition into submission. You know, because I think the conditioning is just gone through the roof. But but you'd always like to think that the emphasis always on your ability to hurl and your ability to outthink opponents. And I even look at it and say, where would where would you know Tommy Welsh sit in the modern game? Because he was just you know a combative type of hurler, in stuck in the trenches. Noel Hickey the same. And and this guy is look Kelly from Tip. You know, where would they sit into the modern day hurling? I think the, the reality is they probably wouldn't because their hurling brains were what set them apart from everybody else and, and, and their ability to outthink an opponent or to outscrap an opponent when it came to physicality. Like You know, 100%. I can, I can, I can totally see uh, your point and it's, it's a fair point well made. But, but where do we go with the game, Eddie? Like, if, if, if you take last weekend's games um, just just on, on, on their own merits, like there, was, there were huge high-scoring games. Like the Wexford Leash game, we had one goal and 23 points to five goals and 30, 31 points. And in the Dublin Antrim game, you had three 31 to 22 points. So massively high-scoring games. But when I, when I broke it down, kind of looking at a 70-minute game of the Wexford Leash game, you had 60 scores in the game. Uh, roughly 60 scores in the game in 70 minutes. There was 20 wides in the game. And then you had your maybe 10 frees that didn't go for scores or wides and then four water breaks. So just roughly speaking, the game stopped 94 times in 70 minutes. Like, you know, people are shouting and screaming and you see all your peers and all your friends that you would have heard with, with Kilkenny complaining that the game is now turning into a free-taking contest. But a game stopping 94 times in 70 minutes, it's, it's, it's a stoppage less than every minute. Like, is it going to destroy the game if it keeps going this way? Yeah, it possibly is because um, I, I think we've seen a couple of years ago, I think when Donegal won the All-Ireland and around that time and, and even Tyrone, I think we're looking very much on control and the clock was, was an aspect of their game. You know, it fell under game management and you take uh, the amount of time that Stephen Cluxon burnt off kicking that winning score in 2011. So there's a level of strategy comes into that too and, uh, you know, I suppose we have to be quite mindful of that and Again, I don't know, I suppose my thoughts on it are is do you take the clock away and, and, and bring it something similar to rugby where it's game on, game off or whatever, or clock on, clock off or whatever. But um, yeah, look, I think we all love the, the when there's a flow in a game and, and I think there's a certain amount of that goes into puck outs and stuff. But um, there's no doubt about it. Like, I, I think I recall uh, maybe 2009 and 2006 All-Ireland semi-finals you know, it was being lauded as an incredible performance when Henry hit, I think, one thirteen, one fourteen in those in both of those days. And it was seen as an incredible feat to hit that in a single game. Now that seems to be very much the norm and uh what is it down to? Is it down that T 
teams are being coached to win freeze? Is it because refs are whistle happy? You know, there's a combination of factors really that maybe builds into that. But um, I, I think I think what it is is that it's it's possibly the just the way teams are setting up now, and and there's probably a level of strategy trying to win those frees because. Anywhere from your own 45 now is very, very much a scoreable free. So um, if you have your six forwards and two midfielders and they can all win a free or two each, uh, that, that, and then your, your your guys can score from play a little bit, that, that ties into it. But yeah, I think your point of the game becoming very much stop-start is, is, is probably a little bit of a concern because you can say there's a lot more being scored more than ever. But if that's not coming from play and open play and the ball is flying up and down the field end to end, which is the type of hurling that we love and want, but uh, I think it's this kind of uh, very much, maybe it's going zonal, I don't know, but um, it's, it, it's hard to put your finger on what exactly it is. It's probably a combination of all. And then, then just before we kind of look at last weekend's games, the the other question I would ask you about, like you were like I looked at your scoring record, Eddie, and I remember when you played. Like I mean, you were literally like a bank machine for me back in your for first goals and matches. Um, it was happy days, you know. And I'm watching hurling matches now. Now I know we had lots of goals in some of the games there and as you've seen in the Leash game when the game ran away from them Wexford started running in goals but if you take Limerick winning the All-Ireland and happy to score the points teams kind of try and emulate the team that's in the top so like Kilkenny with driving low balls into the full forward line and so on and so forth but if you watch this year's championship um, say the Clare Waterford game even as well you know goal scoring chances I know there was a penalty in the game but there were there were very very few goal scoring chances and teams now seem to be completely happy for the long range points which we discussed earlier but yeah. is it is it worth considering I know this is going to sound mad now but is it worth considering making a goal worth four points or making a goal worth five points to teams that you know is, is three points enough for a goal in the modern game yeah it's, it's it's something that you know comes into the thinking because we're we're always try, looking at you know little tweaks here and there to make make the game better but I think it's you're, you're, you're right in what you're saying there that a lot of teams now seem to be generally quite content to shoot their points and hence why, you know, that middle third, you know, outside the 45, I suppose what you're trying to do is teams will have two or three different scenarios and say, look, if the opposition play an extra man deep inside as a seventh defender protecting the goal, then we're going to shoot our points from outside and if we can draw him out of there, then we might just go in over the top. But generally, they're going to try shoot from distance and, and, and like you said there you know I think you've seen some of the teams are playing with only maybe one inside that area everyone else is coming around the middle third between the two 45s you get a lot of movement and as a result uh, players are able to drop their markers a lot more and, and probably what you're seeing even is some opposition teams are, are going a little bit zonal I think if you look at Limerick they're, they're, they're a team that find it very very it's, I suppose teams find it hard to, to break that six that they have at the back where you know their their half back line just sit around at forty five, and I think it's really there are two midfielders, Dara Donovan and, and Willow Dunahoo, who are the two that do a lot of the grunt work and heavy lifting around there, and their half forward line plays almost on midfield, so they they, they maximise the space and uh, look in around those uh, those rock balls, they're uh, they're very powerful, um, and, and again there's there's nothing wrong with that. They're looking at a, a system that works for them, but definitely uh, the the they don't go looking for their goals, that's for sure. And and maybe, I think it would be radical, I think it would be a big thing to shift towards four points for a goal. 
but if uh, I suppose if it continues to be that way, maybe maybe it'll uh, it'll be something that'll be looked at. And ju- just looking back on last weekend's games, um, Waterford against Clare, you know, a lot of people were expecting big things from Waterford this year in the championship. Um, Cal had gotten a great tune out of them last year, getting to the All Ireland final and whatnot. But you know. Was it was it a tactical ma- masterclass by Mr. Lohan down in Clare? Did he just get it right with with the matchups on the day, or was it a, a, a desperately flat performance by Waterford? Or you know how 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 did you read that game when you watched it? Yeah, I, I don't know. Was it a tactical masterclass from from Mr. Lohan because uh, he's a fair straight shooter? In fairness to him, he's he's probably a fraction old school mixed in with you know your modern day athletes. I, I I think his approach would be would be straightforward enough. But you know he he he's aware of the modern game. He's aware of what you're trying to do because like they did leave the two lads inside, which is what a lot of teams are doing now, and playing three in midfield and three in the half forward line, and, and there's a lot of work going on out there. But uh, yeah, for for some reason, I, th- I think um, I think Waterford were probably caught cold. I think it's it's probably a bit of both. I I think the dilemma for Liam Cal was, you know, Callum Lyons. Do you do you detail him to mark Tony Kelly? Uh, I think they probably have arguably one of the better man markers that's out there in Conor Gleeson and he's probably a more disciplined out and out defender whereas Callum Lyons you're taking away a great attacking threat and I think he's been more known as that all action all attacking wing back rather than an out and out defender so in that regard maybe they got that a fraction wrong but I suppose look he had a couple of decent injuries as well and uh they just seem to, from what I understand, they were doing a lot of heavy training and, and, and maybe just um, they just were just a little bit flat on the day and sometimes that can happen maybe and I don't know, we, unless you're inside in the camp, we don't know so we can only speculate on that but uh, definitely they, they looked a pale shadow of themselves but, but I suppose if historically Waterford have often done this where they hit that real peak year, they tend to dip very, very low the following year. And would you fare for Waterford going into the remainder of the championship? Yeah, I think it can be tricky to to, to resurrect that situation. I think sometimes when lads are maybe, you know, the disappointment of not performing like that, and maybe you know, I know lads, lads, modern players are doing a lot of training. So I'd argue to a point. I t- I think there's too much training going on, but um, you know, it's. I don't know from the from a psychological point of view. I suppose that's where the challenge lies for Watford. Can they pick themselves up? Can they, you know? And I think this is where your leaders come to the fore. I think Liam Cal and Michael Beavens and his team can do so much. And it's maybe how they poke the players or how they draw it out of the players. But ultimately, when it comes to performances like that, when you have a bad day at the office, it's really down to the leaders in the team who can stand up and, and there probably needs to be a little bit of straight talking and sometimes that can work and lads can kind of get it out of their system and then refocus and the pressure is off so you can you can let fly but it's going to be tricky for them um, going into the next round because there's going to be a lot of decent teams you know you take out this weekend there's four losers out this weekend and uh, I tell you you wouldn't like to be facing into any of them and, and just, just on, on Claire before we switch off it there like I was absolutely stunned when I, I realised that Paddy Fitzpatrick uh, was was making his championship debut uh, for Clare at 31 years of age. Uh, have you ever seen Have you ever seen that before? I don't. I haven't. Um, I know uh, what's his name, Andy Cohen from Gart would have joined the Galway panel relatively late, 
I think he was close to his thirties when he kind of was in there. Now it's time to be corrected on that, but yeah, definitely to make your your championship debut for the county at thirty one is a phenomenal achievement, particularly in the last eight or nine years where fitness levels and even the pace of the game, you know, you, you sometimes see lads taking a year or two out and it can often just slip away from them. So I think you'd have to admire him. I think you'd have to admire Brian Lowen's courage to do that. I think it's it, it just goes to show, I suppose, if a guy is on form with his club throughout a, a campaign, then you have to reward him. And, and, and sometimes when a lad is in a good bow of form and confidence that's the time to give him his goal. But, um, yeah, look, it's like Anton too. I think I think anyone can come in and have a big performance like that. The, the key to it is obviously that he can bring a level of consistency. But uh, he's, a, he's a big lump for a fella now. I wouldn't like to be marking him. <laughs> he definitely is. And I, I, I was speaking to a couple of people who told me he's a go-to man for man-marking jobs in club games. And in fairness to oh, Brian Lowen, um, <laughs> he's apparently he's, he's, he's the man that you, if you want someone stopped, he's the stopper. So fair juice to him. I think it it's, it's, it's great. A few of the tip lads might like to see him coming. So. No, but this is it. I don't think too many full forwards are going to want to have a crack at it anyway. He's definitely oh. a, a man-mountain. Um, just looking ahead to this weekend's games, uh, like some of the big guns are going to come out now. Um, I, I, I suppose first and foremost... Like the, the first game I want to look at is 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 Wexford against um, Kilkenny. Um, I was lucky enough to be at the National League game, um, which I learned absolutely nothing from. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Davy Fitz seemed to start a very weakened team against Kilkenny and then bring on, you know, four or five championship starters for the last half of the game. But the game was over at that stage. Um, like Davy Fitz is, is it fair to say Davy Fitz is under serious pressure going into this game at the weekend? I don't know. It's probably the pressure that he's made no secret of the fact he's probably going to move on after this season. Um, I, I think he has done his done a five-year stint down in Wexford and, you know, maybe even the year that they, they fell short in the All-Ireland semi-final, it looked as if that was the end of the road for him. Um, but no, I, I think the only pressure from Davy Fitz is probably himself, really. Um, I, I, I think he, he desperately wants to, to, to try hit the big one and... Um, I think Wexford probably needed that performance against Leash. It was a nice way to get themselves oiled up for this. But I suppose from a, a Kilkenny point of view, I'd be, you know, that league match, I suppose Brian never does cat and mouse. He never does kind of dummy teams or anything like that. And I think for me, you know, we've struggled to match up with Wexford over the last five years. I mean, in Championship Hurling, we really are struggling with them. We, we, we've been level enough with them but we're not I suppose their percentage wins is, is, is better than us right now so I suppose, I'd i be thinking did we show our hand a small bit to them in that league match because we seem to go all out played it really really well so I think that league match is a little bit false and I think I think the Kilkenny players would maybe be a bit naive if they were to think that that was a good indicator of, of, of what's going to happen I think it's going to be a complete different story but I suppose from my own personal point of view, I think it's probably some of our guys around the 24, 25 mark really, really need to stand up and deliver now for Kilkenny because um, they, they, they haven't won a whole lot in the last couple of years. And, and I'm not saying that from a, from a position of, of, of talking down about it. I, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm obviously a very, very proud Kilkenny man and I want not more than to see them win. But I suppose there's, there's some of those guys now really have to step up because... Um, I think if you were to analyse Kilkenny at the moment, and I think you're going to see Wexford very much target stopping TJ, you know, and if and, and they'll feel if they can stop TJ, 
they're going to go a long way towards beating us. So in that regard, we need one or two other guys to really step up and deliver a big performance. And I think, you know, John Donnelly is in good form the last season or two. Um, you know, you need probably, you know, my own subman Billy to, to, to deliver a big performance. You know, and one or two others. So uh, I think it's it's a game that's, that's, there's probably a little bit more pressure on our own boys, to be honest. Um, and I think we have to come out and I think I'd like to see us play a little bit more on the edge. I think we have to make sure that Wexford don't physically dominate us. And, and from where I was looking, you know, back in 2017 down in Wexford Park, we got pushed around that night. I, I definitely agree with that. I was there that night as well and I did think they were a little bit bullied on the field. But into the game, like listening to you there, I think you're expecting a very tight game. Yeah, I would. I, I'd expect it's going to be, look, I suppose Wexford, they're, they're, they try to get a lot of shots off. They, they'll bring a massive energy, which is what they do. And, and Kilkenny are going to have to match that. And, and yeah, you know, you look at the way Kilkenny played against them in the park. That's probably the way we're going to have to... I think you have to kind of mirror what they do and be able to blend it a little bit. But I think the key to it is is that um, we don't allow them possession and allow them carry out from the back. I think we're going to have to really uh, lock horns with them and, and really get stuck into the tackles and, and try to put them on the back foot because I think sometimes when, when, when Wexford are on the back foot, that's look, more than any team. That's when they don't have the ball. That's the time you can you can do harm. So... I think we have to be probably tactically get our tactics spot on and I do think we have to be shrewd with our tactics to, to, to t- take Wexford. I think it's going to take a little bit more than putting guts. Um, so uh, tactics are going to be key for me but, but obviously then it's it's our use of the ball. Like I like TJ inside. I've been possibly saying it for the last two years. I'd love to see him inside. Um, I think you look at the development from Stefan and Richie Hogan done last year against Galway. Uh, is that the combination we'll just have to wait and see maybe and will you go for a Kilkenny win but a tight margin yeah I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm optimistic I'll always be optimistic with Kilkenny you know you, you want them to win absolutely um, but I do think they're going to have to really pull out a big big performance I think the you know I suppose I'm, I look at ourselves when we were playing you had to play on the edge and, and that's that's the way hurling is it's, it's controlled aggression and I really do think that we have to be ready to, to go down into the pit with Wexford and, and, and then let our hurling do the talk and after that. But once we're in the battle and we're scrapping for everything, I, I think uh, we, we probably have enough to get home. And then switching to the Galway-Dublin game, um, I think it's maybe a more straightforward. I would expect Galway would be overwhelming favourites for this. Yeah, I, I, I think Galway are... For me, in my opinion, they're the best placed team now to to contend and take that title off Limerick at the moment. Um, they should be. That match will probably have helped Dublin a little bit. I think. I think again, Dublin needed a a, a kind of a, a rust cleaning match like that to to, to get them into the groove. And uh, I think they had an uncertain league, but they they seemed to find their their rhythm the last day. But but obviously. Uh, they're going to meet a, a, a quality team and they're probably going to need to put in something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with you there. I think Galway will have too much. I think Galway, I think for as, as well with, with Owen O'Neill, I think last year was probably getting to know his players. I think I felt they were very close and very unlucky in that other semi-final. I thought had they not lost Canning and Manning, they may well have beaten Limerick. 
Uh, I thought Limerick fell into that All Ireland final and, and were a little bit lucky, which is sometimes what All Ireland semi finals are about. But no, I definitely think that uh, Galway are a different animal this year, and and I think they they really are going to target a real strong Leinster campaign. And then switching switching across to, to Munster, we've got uh, Clare, or sorry Limerick against Cork. Um, Limerick kind of had a you know the lost round beaten tag in the league. They've they've had a pretty average league campaign, one would say, but. Do you expect Limerick to come out of the blocks flying now in the championship? Is it possible to just flick a switch and be ready to go? Uh, it's probably not. Uh, I think what Limerick are learning, you know, again this year is is what it's like to be the hunters. Um, what it, the pressure that comes with being All Ireland champions, and and how that rests on their shoulders. And uh, again, guys keeping their feet off the ground. And I, and I'm not for a minute saying that they didn't keep their feet on the ground. But I'm just saying that there's a, there's a completely different mindset that comes with being All Ireland champions and defending that and, and coming back year after year and bringing a level of consistency and kind of saying, look, we have to get over the fact that maybe we won't get the same bit of leeway off refs. Maybe opposition teams will get away with being a bit more in our faces. That's just the way the game goes. That's the, the territory that comes from being All-Ireland champions. The key to it is how hungry are Limerick. And, and this year we're going to see that. And, and I think, look, I, I expect them to, to deliver. I, I expect them to get over Cork on Sunday. But I, I think Cork are going to give them an almighty challenge. But uh, I still think Limerick have, you know, they have a, a system that works. They have a lot of big day players. And I think this year, more than ever, they probably have a little bit more depth in that squad with the likes of Ricky, Richie English coming back. I think Peter Casey is probably going to be saying, look, I don't want to be a big player anymore. So a few more, David Reedy had a real good league campaign. So I think Limerick have real good competition, which should be what John Kiley will use to, to, to poke them and get the best out of them. And do you see Cork giving them a bit of a rattle? Um, like I mean, like in the league, in the league this year, I kind of watching Cork and they were persistent with a short puck out, and then when they went long, they seemed to be very good with it. Uh, with the long puck out, I know that sounds a little bit obvious that you know, with the short puck out, they, they seemed to persist with it and persist with it. But I, I genuinely felt there was stages I watched them in the league where they actually played really, really well. I I thought you know Cork are maybe going places. Do you think they'll get a rattle off Limerick at the weekend at all? I they will. I think. That's often been the case for years with with Cork. I think when you know they're they're maybe slightly underdogs, that's when they'll come out, they'll do it. And uh, I think it's fair to say, look, that uh, you know Limerick are going to be favourites in this match, and they are going to be the you know the the team to be. So Cork will enjoy that that side of it, but they certainly have potential. I, th- I think even what has jumped out at me for the first time in a good few years with Cork is they scored a lot of goals in the league. And, uh, you know, Connolly there coming in from Black Rock has really given them another dimension. And I think him beside Horgan, you know, with the likes of Alan Cadigan there as well, what they have is a lot of speed. They have a lot of uh, very, very nippy players and good stick men. But again, what has often let Cork down for me is that real steel to close out a match or to dog out a match. Um, and I, I, I still feel there's a little question mark over the spine of their defence. I think the the real leaders to to finish out a match like you know you you take a few years ago they were six points up against Limerick and Nollar in the semi final coming down the last ten minutes. You know I know the Cork team that we played around or three or four or five and that they they, they wouldn't let a lead like that slip. Um, and I think that uh, until 
until Cork actually, you know, do that, they're still going to be uh, pretenders. No, fair enough, Eddie. You've, you, 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 I think it's 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 fair to say. You know, the three predictions you're making there are are, are ones I'd, I'd 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 concur with definitely. I think. Kilkenny, no one cares about my opinion, but I think Kilkenny might be a little bit stronger than Wexford as well. I, I don't know what way Wexford are. Um, yeah. Just just kind of switching off all things to do with that, just before I let you finish up yourself, Eddie, and, and thank you again for your time. Um, like you're, you're out of inter-county management nearly a, a year now, I suppose. It's, it's, it's maybe a little bit just around that time, but like, do you miss the inter-county like, this time of the year? Is it, is it now that you start kind of wishing you were in there with a the county team at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I suppose, uh, yeah, like it was, it was enjoyable because um, you were, you know, you're in year two, you're obviously a little bit more accustomed to what's going on. You're, you're kind of know how your your setup is rolling from session to session, and there's the kind of whole running of that aspect of it. And I think once you have your structures in place, it just goes from session to session, and you know you're doing your video analysis, whatever it is, and, and prep and planning out things. You do. You, you miss the cut and trust of it. You miss the big days because there is a great old buzz that, that goes with that and that's what you want is the, is the biggest days of all. But uh, at the same time too, look, uh, you, you can't switch off when you're an inter-county manager. You know, even to take a, a day, you know, you go off with the family and do something, you invariably find yourself just wandering back, thinking about something and you just find it very hard to switch off because, you know, there's some time of that day you're going to be checking in with somebody by phone or whatever else. So it is uh, it is all consuming. There's no doubt about it. And I think when you when you get involved, you have to realize that it is everything. You you just have to put your heart and soul into it. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to get the maximum out of it or your players aren't going to, more importantly, aren't going to make the, the most of it. So, But at the same time, look, I mean, trying, look, this, the COVID, um, bad and all as it is and all that, I suppose you've enjoyed a lot of time around at home. You've enjoyed a lot of time with your family. And in some ways, look, you're getting back into the structure of it. And, and you know, the so far with Kula, look, we're, we're kind of in the thick of it now since May. It just becomes a, a weekly routine and uh, you're just building it up and building it up because perhaps Dublin could be finished in three or four weeks' time and you're just getting ready then to really lift into it and get going. But, um, yeah, no, look, it's, 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 it's a little bit more relaxed at the moment but uh, there's no doubt about it, it's going to crank up and look the travel time up and down that doesn't bother me too much I, I never mind the travelling it's actually grand That's, it's your office time almost uh, when you're in the car you're able to get little bits and pieces done and you can get a, a few things get your head around a few things and a very wise man told me years and years ago he said to me you know the biggest regret anyone will have is, is unfulfilled potential he said that's what you should always strive never to have regrets that you didn't fulfil your potential you know in, in your own role as Leash manager it, you know everyone felt that Leash was going in in a really good direction the hurling in the county was going places you know you you'd really started to get a momentum going there and, and unfortunately you know for whatever reasons or, or wherever it came to a shudder and stop when it did like unfortunately this season and, and no disrespect to Cheddar or the team that's there as well it was just disappointing to see Leash you know p- pittering out of the championship so poorly as, as you know with, with, the, with the beating they'd taken by yeah. Wexford like they seemed for me and I, and I mean this with the greatest respect because you know I'm not any hurler on the ditch and I'm not knocking any team and I wouldn't do it but they seemed to take a massive step back Eddie, and, and, and that's just looking at the performance. It was a big step back from what they'd done under your time. I, I suppose it's two sides to the questions. Number one is, you know, looking back, do you feel 
that you know because you've had time to, to to sit on this. Do you feel yeah. that we? Leash maybe had missed an opportunity that there was more progression in it, and, and and number two, when you look at something like that, does does it hurt to actually see that? Yeah, firstly, look, I suppose it is very disappointing to see the league campaign that they had, and and just in a very short window, and I make no bones about it. Look, this was always going to be maybe the difficult year for Leash, you know, had I been there or not, because I think sometimes when you're coming off the crest of maybe two good years. Sometimes you can have a little bit of a dip and, and, and then, you know, it makes you question everything and, and perhaps then you come back stronger in year four. I don't know. We'll never know. But um, it's just disappointing to see them because I, I suppose I know, I've got to know a lot of them and I know they're better than that. I know we felt we were really going places with them. And look, ultimately, there was, uh, aside from that that infamous video or uh, interview, Aside from that, you know, the, we were going to be at the same junction in that, I suppose, I felt that in order to, to sustain progress, you have to kind of add to your setup, you have to build on it, and you have to bring, you know, maybe another bit of expertise or two into that setup. And, you know, when we sat down and discussed that with the county board, you know, we were we were at odds with, with what both of us felt was the way forward. And, and it was, for me, it was an amicable look. We'll just leave it there and we move away from it. But um, I think, you know, to, to sustain that type of progress, you need um, a big squad of players. And unfortunately, there's not a, a deep enough pool in Leash. That, you know, we went in there, you had, um, you know, lads that weren't playing for different reasons. And I think uh, if you look at even what some of the bigger teams are doing, look, they're, they're looking at a, a group of 40 lads. You know, we had, I think, the guts of 20 lads opted not to get involved over the two years for, for different reasons. So that's that's hard because you, you do need to be keeping your panel freshened up. You do need new lads coming through. And uh, look, it's it's just, I, I suppose, the, the easy thing in the world would be to, to kind of sit back smoke, but I'm not. I'm not one bit... I, I wouldn't be like that I'm just disappointed for the players because there's a lot of really good lads in that squad and they were growing and they were understanding what County Hurling was about and like is, is it does it come back down to you know the finances being made available to, 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 to county managers and like you know, I know in my own life, in my own business, in what I work at, you know, if I'm successful and I'm going right, the the, the board basically that I answer to will 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 com- continue to back me. And if things are going wrong, they might not back me as much. Like surely you must have felt when you were talking to the the county board yourself, we're on the back of two really successful years. This this is an open door that I'm going to be going into. It must have come as a little bit of a shock to you that you weren't going to be getting met with some of the things you felt we needed. Yeah, I think that's that's the reality. I suppose I, I was coming from my experiences. And, like, the one thing I'll say with, with the Kilkenny County Board, right, they support their manager so much, but it's 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 in the right way. It's measured. It's, it's it's you know, it's it's not being flahulic with money. And and that's not what I'm, I was kind of discussing with them. I, like, I wasn't looking for an astronomical amount of money to put into the setup, you know, nor was I looking for it for, 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 for my own benefit or anything like that. I felt that, you know, there's, there's a there's a value can be put on investment in your own players, and look, I do understand that money isn't just floating around readily available or whatever. But for me, there just didn't seem to be an appetite to build. And you know, I I do I understand their, their way of doing it, and 
managing that is is is, is something that I suppose uh, I I don't necessarily maybe fully appreciate. But I just felt definitely I said, geez, look, these lads are are moving in the right direction. We're getting somewhere. We're getting the tune out of them. They 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 we had a good relationship with up with the players and and everyone was pulling in the right direction. And you just felt that look, surely we'll try build on it. We'll have a go. It doesn't guarantee anything, but let's see where it takes us. And look for just felt for me. Um, like I said, I, I wasn't looking for an astronomical, but it was just looking to say, look, can we build on this a little bit more? Can we support the players a little bit better? And uh, look, it just didn't seem to be. I just felt there wasn't that appetite there. And uh, I just said, look, the one thing I said he didn't want to do is is um, just not put as much as you could there, or put the best possible setup in front of the players. Yeah, it's a pity, and it's it's fairly well measured. What you your response to that, Eddie, as well, and I, I completely completely agree with what you're what you were trying to do. And, and I mean, anyone that's involved in any club or any county team can see, you know, the, the progression that was being made there, and it's just unfortunate. Before I let you go, there's going to be hatchets getting sharpened by county boards all over the country at the moment because, as usual, uh, managers. I always say, you know, a manager won't win you a game, but by Jesus, he'll be blamed for losing it. Um, that the, the hatchets will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure there's a few heads going to roll is 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 Eddie Brennan you know ready to dip his toe back into the county scene is it is it something that you want to get back into taking a county team um, I don't know to be honest um, down the line or anything like that I, I'm very much um, taking things as they come and, and, and what you're, what's on your lap at the moment you deal with that don't let go touting business either like, you know, I, think, I think a lot of it for me you know, when the the leash thing, like I said, was very accidental how it came about. It was it was just literally a friend of mine just we, we spoke one day accident you know, on something unrelated and it just bounced it to me there and there was just an appeal in what was being put on your lap and, and, and I think that's the most important thing of it is, you know, in terms of uh, what you're asking in an indirect way is, you know, someday do you want to be involved in the Kenny set up turn around and say, Oh, I want it I think you deal with things as they come along. I think something that's on your lap, some offer comes in, you consider it on its merits then you take it on that. But uh, at, at this moment in time, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm working with Kula and, and probably more importantly from a local point of view, Valley under 11. Perfect, Greg. Valley under 11s are, are definitely well sorted. And if we were to do, do a map around Ireland, what, how far are you willing to travel? <laughs> <laughs> No, but we'll leave it at that one, Eddie, but the people of Wexford will be delighted to know that you're willing to stay in Leinster anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eddie, listen, thanks so much for your time there. You've been very open and honest with us and, and I wish you the very best for this season with, of course, Greg Ballycallan's under-11s firstly and obviously Kula as well in the Dublin Hurling Championship this year. No bother, Ed. Thanks a million anytime. I look forward to speaking to you all again next week where I will have another hurling legend. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. 
Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today.